0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to another Baseball America podcast along with Aaron Fit. I am John Manuel, and this season's college baseball podcasts are sponsored by Project Lomo. Logan Morrison of the Miami Marlins lost his father to cancer in 2010, And he's worked tirelessly for a cause he cares about, fighting lung lung cancer. Now he's asking young fans to find a cause they care about and to do something about it. Logan will be launching this program in person, visiting Miami High School on Wednesday of this week. You can learn more details about it at projectlomo.mlblogs.com. It's a great initiative, and the young fans who do the most amazing projects will have a chance to go to a Marlins game meet Logan Morrison and some of his teammates, throw out the first pitch, and win $1,000 cash money as the prize. And we want to thank the folks at Project Lomo for sponsoring the college podcast. And uh, great cause. And, Aaron, uh, we hope it's a great college podcast today. Uh, You you will try to win today's podcast, Aaron. I'll tell you what. uh, It was very hard to win today's top 25 rankings meeting because for the first time, Aaron, we really debated – for the first time since the preseason, we really debated the number one ranking. And it was quite a long debate, and it wasn't a clear-cut debate, Aaron. Uh, We wound up leaving North Carolina at number one, having Vanderbilt at number two. Um, But it was a tough one because North Carolina did not win its weekend series, but they didn't lose it either.
1: You know, and it's interesting, too, that it's the same two teams we were debating uh, that we we debated way back in January. And we had a pretty long debate in January about North Carolina versus Vanderbilt. Yeah, we did. If you recall, I mean. I think you went to the meeting with Vanderbilt and I went in with North Carolina. Yep. Um, and, you know, it, those two teams, I should mention, uh, were exactly tied in the preseason fit matrix. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: We haven't had a fit matrix reference in a long time.
1: I, I went back and looked that up to uh, yesterday because I was curious. I was like, I wonder what the fit matrix said about these teams. Um, but, uh, awesome. It, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, they're, they're the two teams for us. And and LSU has has kind of been in there and Fullerton, and you know Virginia hadn't been too far back, and Oregon State. But you know, to for us, most of the year it's been UNC and Vanderbilt at the top. Um, and this week, look, Vanderbilt's 19 and two in the SEC. That is that is the best start ever in the SEC through 21 games. Um, so that's loud. Um, it's not you know I mean 18 and three in the ACC is also loud, and 41 and four overall. Um, if you're trying to compare the bodies of work. I suppose you know you, you, the first thing you look at is Vanderbilt. They're nine and one against the top 25. North Carolina's two and one. Right. However, I don't think that tells the whole story. I mean, people we had a commenter last week in one of our uh, our pieces say that North Carolina played a horrible strength of schedule. It's like no, and that, that's that's inaccurate. It's just not accurate. Uh, they, they, they 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 swept three games at Virginia Tech, the team that's been in and out of the rankings all year long. They weren't ranked when North Carolina played them, so they don't get credit for it. But Virginia. Tech is one series against Florida State and Virginia. I mean, they're obviously a, a pretty solid team. Um, they 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 won two out of three against Clemson before that team got in the rankings. Clemson's you know been a pretty solid top twenty-five team lately. You know, they, so Carolina doesn't get credit for those. So that's that's five and one. Um, they don't get credit for. So that would be what then seven, seven and two, two against the top twenty-five if you throw those guy games in. So uh, um, really, it's not that dif- different of a resume. I mean, yes. The biggest difference for me, I guess, is that Vanderbilt went to Oregon, won two out of three back in the non-conference. Carolina did have one good non-conference trip also. They went to uh, Houston College Classic. They just didn't know it was going to be a lousy year for the Houston College Classic. Right. Um, it's not their fault. It, you know? The I mean,
0: intended strength of schedule for North Carolina looks better on paper. I mean, they you know usually it's a pretty big series when your second series of the year is a team from, uh, that didn't go to yeah. – when you're playing at home, I like guess the team that went to Omaha last year, that's usually a big deal. But, you know, right. North Carolina scheduled Stony Brook this, this year at home for a weekend series the year after Stony Brook had nine players drafted, the year after they went to Omaha. You know, Seton Hall, there, which they play every year, yeah, this is a good Seton Hall team. It's a very good Seton Hall team. It's a Seton Hall team that started the year 0-9, and it's 25-17 and 17 since then, I think this is a regional team for for Seton Hall. I think it's a doggone good Northeast team, and maybe the best team yeah. in the Northeast. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't think, I'm not and, casting and any aspersions Heels? on Vanderbilt's schedule here, but I'm saying people who cast aspersions on North Carolina's schedule, I think, are doing so from a position of ignorance.
1: And the Tar Heels, John, here's the other thing. People who like the RPI, the Tar Heels are 17 and 4 against the top 50. Vanderbilt's 12 and 2.
0: Yeah, and bottom line, if you and if you want to say it's a weak schedule, which I don't think it's a weak schedule, but it's not the strongest schedule in the world. If you want to say it's a weak schedule, dominate that quote-unquote weak schedule. Don't they still lead the nation in uh, run differential in oh, s- uh. scoring runs per game? They're second in run prevention. So if you think it's a weak schedule, well, there's some evidence of it because they've dominated that weak schedule you actually think that it was intended to be a pretty strong schedule? And just, you know, Cal, which went to Omaha two three years ago, is down this year. A&M went to Omaha two years ago. They're down this year. Rice, uh, you know, <laughs> they beat Rice in a very close game. Rice is down this year. Uh, Seton Hall, they come at the right time of the year. Stony Brook's down this year. I think it was intended to be a pretty strong schedule. It just hasn't worked out that way. And the other thing I'd say about that, Aaron, is that Vanderbilt's SEC schedule – is about as weak as it could be for an SEC schedule when you consider the SEC's kind of top-heavy this year. And their best conference series wins are against Florida, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. And none of those three teams is a juggernaut. And certainly we like Mississippi State's talent. We like Ole Miss's talent. And I think we definitely respect the way Florida's come together with its young talent. But there's also a series win there yeah. against Tennessee, series sweep against Missouri, a series win at Georgia, uh series sweep at at Auburn. Those four teams aren't going to regionals. Yeah. Now, those teams are not going right. to they're not even sniffing regionals. So You're I'm right. not saying it's a weak schedule because it was an SEC schedule, but just it's the it's the strongest start in SEC history in conference games. There's a reason for that. The number one reason is Vanderbilt is awesome. The number two reason for that is they've played a pretty weak SEC schedule.
1: And, and, you know, North Carolina has also got four series in their conference against non-regional teams like right. Duke, Maryland, uh, Boston College and Wake Forest. Right. And, you know, they won all those series, too. The, you mentioned scoring differential. and I think this is important. These two teams are first and second in the nation's scoring margin. Wow. North Carolina has, has outscored their opponents by six runs per game. Vanderbilt has outscored their opponents by 4.3 runs per game. That's second in the nation. And they are almost two runs a game. Less than North Carolina. I mean, that's incredible domination. Um, it's yes, I know Vanderbilt had a four and a week. I thought it was an impressive four and week week. I still like that Mississippi State team. Yep. Uh, they have been playing well. That's that's a good sweep. And and you know, I like Louisville. That's a really good midweek win. Very good four and a week. Um, and Carolina had a two and two week. You know, they that that split was unsatisfying. You know, kiss your sister, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was that was a letdown. You know, I'm I I was all geared up for that all weekend long. I was waiting for that Sunday game on you know, while I'm, I'm doing tracker and watching the game of the week on T V and then it just ah, oh, what a what a bummer it had that game bagged. But tell us about it, those um, of us who
0: wanted to go to the game in person. At least I would you know. Yeah. No I mean kidding. Sunday I'm no sitting kidding. there splashing in the puddles with my son and my daughter, waiting for my wife to get home so I can go to that game. My wife gets home and she gets out of the car. And she's like, "So you could go to that game now?" You know, I don't mean to. You know, she didn't block me in in the in the driveway. She pulls in and goes, "So you know, are you going to go ahead and go to that game?" And I just looked at my phone as you know my my daughter was down the street and she starts yelling, "Mommy's coming home! Mommy's coming home!" And I check my phone and it's like game canceled. I mean, it was yeah. it was a bummer because I was all ready to go. You know, I was ready to go. Yep. It was get to the it ballpark was... and uh, it was a real bummer. Let's go through those two series real quick, Aaron. Uh, North Carolina obviously had a t- midweek loss to UNC Wilmington, which was, it wasn't a, I don't think it's a bad loss to use, lose midweek to UNC Wilmington, which I think we both think is a regional team. Just dropped out of this week's top 25 because they lost the series at Towson. Uh, but there was the way North Carolina lost that game that was troubling because they had a 6 0 lead, blew it, then came back um, to take an 8 7 lead. I guess it actually an 8 6 lead on a home run by Colin Moran. Lost that game when Trent Thornton gave up uh, that lead. Um, But then, uh, you know, I was at the game Friday, a dominating win by North Carolina, um, and then they lose Saturday to Carlos Rodon. It's not a surprise, Aaron, that if there's a chink in the armor for North Carolina, uh, that it would be uh, that left-handed, all their losses are against left-handed pitching. That's just fairly typical, I guess, for North Carolina. And I guess the thing that makes them atypical for most North Carolina teams had been Sky Bolt, uh, as good as he is from the right side. and. So I guess that's the thing. They're they're doing this without Skybolt. Um, yeah, I I, I, yeah. I don't really don't think there's a cheek in the armor. I don't think there's anything bad about losing to Carlos Rodon when yeah. he's on his and, A game.
1: And this was their first midweek loss of the year. I mean, <laughs> this is it's amazing. I mean, I mean, it's a two and two week. Well, yeah, sure. Vanderbilt was two and two last week with losses to Georgia and. Tennessee Tech, I mean, uh, thank you. I'll take this week over that week. That's and right. And I just – it's tough. It's tough to separate these teams. I think you went to the meeting with Vanderbilt, uh, number one, and then we talked it out, and, and uh, this is kind of where we wound up. But I it did. Was... I
0: mean, there's nothing to separate them, like you said. I mean, I, I really do think the preponderance of the evidence uh, is that these two teams are exactly who we thought they were at the start of the year. It's very difficult to separate them. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like North Carolina's had to deal with maybe a little bit more adversity as far as injuries go. they had Chaz Frank out for a week. Uh, their mm-hmm. bullpen is not the team. This is not the bullpen we thought they had. I guess if for me, Aaron, if there's a significant advantage from one team to the other, and I'm not saying it's a gross advantage, but like the the most significant advantage to me, I think North Carolina's offense is better, and he's, when Sky Bold is there, it's significantly better. But I think Vanderbilt's uh, pitching staff is a little bit better, especially at the back of the bullpen. Um, and I would say overall that Vanderbilt's pitching staff is a little bit better than North Carolina's. But on Fridays, as good as Kevin Zomek is, give me Ken Emanuel a- a- every day.
1: I'm with you on that. I think Emanuel's just about just about the best big game pitcher in the nation right now. I mean, you know, you think back to a guy that what was it a shutout he threw against Texas and Omaha yeah, as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, big game big He's got big game experience. He's got tons of experience, period. I mean, he's just pitched a lot of games he's and won a lot stud. of games. He's a stud. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think Vanderbilt's bullpen has been, and it's interesting. Cause earlier this year, that was not really a strength other than Miller. It was, right. you know, it, it was erratic. If you think around. back to that yep. – yeah, you think back to that Oregon series. I mean, that was uh, – they had some bullpen adventures out there. Um, but, you know, they it, it, it has – come together um you know and, and Carson Fulmer has emerged as just a kind of a tour de force back there yep. um you know to go along with Miller and then you know it, it's just it's so much it's so much depth and, and now they've got T.J. Peguero I mean you talked about adversity yeah. um you know that, that's a guy that hadn't really been healthy for most of the season he, he pitched five innings this, this weekend and it was uh his longest start of the year so now they're finally healthy in the rotation at full strength um you know that that, that allows them to have Phil Pfeiffer back in the bullpen and you know, they got Bueller back there. Ravenel has got a big arm. I've Aaron, heard he's touched I, some big I heard, velocity. I
0: heard a ninety seven on Adam Ravenel that's, I was tell yep. you.
1: I heard the same thing. And, I mean that's Walker
0: Bueller. So like you got we got Walker is it Bueller or, or Bueller? Bueller. Bueller. That's that's more fun. Ravenel, Bueller and Fulmer. You got three just giant <laughs> arms out of the bullpen. And North Carolina has some power in the bullpen with Mason McCullough, but they don't feel like they wanna use him. And then you know, I mean, Tyler, Thornton's Thor- power. Thornton's power. power. He but I think Thor- Thornton is good power. He's not at the level of these guys and the difference is that Thornton has got just uh cojones stones, whatever you want to say. His toughness is off the charts and he also throws in some funk and some deception. He but but not- noticing the funk Almost sells his power short. But let's talk a little bit about Vanderbilt because I think we've talked a lot about North Carolina this year. But Vanderbilt, Aaron, this weekend was just kind of surgical. I mean, they just—they're just, they're just such a dominant team. And here, Mississippi State maybe comes out on a Sunday hoping to salvage one, and they just get blown out in the first two innings with Lindgren on the mound, who's, who is a power arm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. T- talk a little bit about, about Vanderbilt's weekend, and then also who is Xander Wheel and where did this guy come from? <laughs>
1: You know, he's, he's a redshirt freshman that had—honestly, uh, I never heard of the guy until two weeks ago. I mean, he was just not a key piece for them coming in. He wasn't like a big-name recruit. He was just under the radar. Um, but they, they liked the way he developed, and they, they stuck him in the lineup, and he's just hit. You know, he had three home runs his first three games, and now he's hitting right there in the middle of the lineup right behind Conrad Greger, who uh, seemed like he's coming on pretty good here. Um, which is which is important for them. Yeah, you got off kind of a slow start for Vanderbilt, but right. um, you know now now that they, they feel like they're firing on all cylinders. You know, Tony Kemp is doing his Tony Kemp stuff, and um, you know, I just I like the I like, I like the mix they have of exciting, dynamic young players. You know, the Xavier Turners and um, you know the the. the the various other freshmen, Rhett Wiseman, when he's in there. I mean, uh, the, these exciting young guys with the veterans, the seniors, the Stremskis and the Harrels and the Gregors and Kemps and Spencer Navin. I mean, it's uh, the the one, one question I still have about Vanderbilt that I'm still not in love with, um, you know, the, the the left side of the infield, I guess. I mean, I guess Vince Conde has been pretty good at shortstop. Um, but to me... You know, I don't know. That doesn't feel like. I think
0: if you're comparing these two teams, I think that's a fair comparison. to that? I feel North Carolina's defense overall on in the infield is a little better than Vanderbilt, a little more consistent.
1: I think I feel that way as well. And so, um, you know, that's that's we're, we're splitting here trying to separate these teams. I suppose we should probably move on, you're, but you're they're both really good. Is is the, point.
0: the last thing I'll say is the other the other difference to me for Vanderbilt. And the pitching staff being really good is Ben Moss has been up and down for North Carolina. Tyler Beattie, I know he's walked a lot of guys. He's pretty much been up, 11 and 0, more strikeouts than innings pitched. Uh, he's pitching with with the caveat that there's some command issues. He's pitching like an unsigned first-round pick as opposed to – I hope Karsten yeah. Whitson and Dylan Covey are taking notes, but it's probably too late for both those guys.
1: So it's And, and, and Beattie has really kind of reined in the walks, it seems like, over the last couple of weeks. I mean, before he was winning with five or six walks, you know, and just giving up two hits and six innings, and there you go. But now it seems like he's – the last couple of weeks, those walk totals have come down, and he's just really come into his own now.
0: Pretty impressive stuff. These are two great teams – and uh, kudos to you for and the Fit Matrix for having them uh, at the top of our <laughs> rankings at the stop at start of the year. And, I mean, I was kind of clear, I think we talked about it last year, even in Omaha, that these two teams would be the preseason one and two. But, uh, yeah. you know, t- those teams don't always live up to it. And the, these two teams have. That's a real credit to both coaching staffs as well and to the players, obviously, for for living up to it, for, for playing with that hype and living up to it. Uh, speaking yep. of the SEC, Aaron, I guess the biggest news in the SEC weekend was South Carolina going down to LSU. And winning two out of three. The way the pole mechanics worked out, I sometimes hesitate to use that phrase, but I don't know how else you can say it. South Carolina wound up not moving up in the rankings. And they also had a two-two and two and two week with a midseason loss. Uh I'm sure it chapped uh I'm sure some first of all, I'm sure some great Alton Bridges barbecue was had by both clubs. At least I hope so. I hope Alton Bridges catered because I know Chad Holbrook likes Alton Bridges there in Shelby. Uh that's the number one barbecue establishment in Shelby. And that's where Chad is from. So Chad knows his barbecue in Shelby. He probably eats less of it than I do because he's healthier. But
1: this podcast brought to you by Alton Rivers Barbecue.
0: Alton Bridges Barbecue is so awesome. I mean, I love Alton Bridges Barbecue. So second of all, they did lose that midweek game. But how did it happen, Aaron? How did LSU lose its first uh, weekend series of the year?
1: They got beat by good pitching. I mean, and, you know, kind of pointed it out in weekend preview about um, the way LSU punished that all lefty rotation when they place face Kentucky um, and, you know, South Carolina rolls in there with three lefties and, and, you know, they, they really kind of, they kind of shut LSU down. I mean, Belcher, you know, lost on Friday, but he wasn't bad. And then the next two days, you know, Montgomery and, and wine were, were fantastic. And, and those guys are, those guys are tough and they're finally all healthy. This rotation, you know, they, they've had injury issues this year. They haven't lost a series when they've had those three guys in the rotation. Um, and, you know, now it feels like they're they're getting dangerous. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, Pancake and Griner, we thought, had to pick it up a little bit. Well, you look up and Joey Pancake's got, what, nine home runs or right. something on the year. And, you know, Griner feels like he's had a number of big hits. And these guys have done it. And, and Tanner English has done it. Tanner English has had some big hits. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like. I feel like this South Carolina team is, is really gelling now. And, and, you know, the biggest thing was they had to get healthy and they, you know, they needed some of those guys to to step it up a little bit. And, and they have.
0: Enough. They've also got a pretty doggone good closer in Tyler Webb. I mean, we saw him in yeah. Omaha last year. I still don't know how that guy didn't get drafted higher. Pro body, tall, skinny body. Uh, Left
1: handed. Left handed. I mean, wasn't even last year, wasn't he up to 93, if I recall? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't get that.
0: I did not get that one. Uh, I really didn't get that one. Um, but, I mean, the, so you, you, all the ingredients are there for South Carolina. It really does feel like this is a team that if it comes together uh, offensively, this is a team that could really, uh, you know, get nuts on somebody, to put it in the Seinfeld vernacular. I mean, they could really get nuts. And they still haven't hit their stride. And they're still having a, a season that by every other program in the world standards people would be pretty doggone excited about it and you know they've got power like they've got 40 home runs as a team they've, they've got some speed I know they don't steal a ton of bases it feels like this is a team that could beat you in a lot of different ways they have some depth they have some different options um, so like you said I think it's important to note, uh, to note as you did and they have started to get healthy uh, with Montgomery getting back on the mound and I think it, when your name is Wine Coop, I guess it's uh, you know you you have to go play for the chickens. So it makes sense from that standpoint yeah. for for South you know, Carolina.
1: They they just I don't know. I mean, this is this is gonna be interesting interesting team to watch. It, it doesn't get easier this weekend. They've got Vanderbilt coming up coming in. Uh, really exciting series that we'll focus on a weekend preview a little bit this coming week. But um, you know the, these guys they they still have that that South Carolina factor and you know i went on i think a whole bunch of radio shows last week talking about that south carolina lsu series because you know those are two of the, the oh, yeah. most voracious media markets i mean i love that um but uh you know and everyone asked me who do you like and, and i said well you know on paper you, you gotta like lsu they're at home i think they're the better team on paper you know if you, if you break them down i think they're more talented uh but how many times have we said that about south carolina over the last three years you know the the finals against UCLA, you know, yeah. they were the underdog on paper. The finals against Florida, they were certainly the underdog on paper. Um, you know, every year it's like these guys, they just, you know, the, the sum is better with than the whole. And, and this team, I think, still has a bunch of those, you know, I know Roth and Price and Walker and that generation is gone, but they still have a bunch of guys here who played in the college world series finals i mean this team is loaded with experience i mean tyler webb and you know obviously nolan belcher's been there forever right um you know he, he could graduate with a fistful of rings at this point i think nolan belcher um,
0: he probably was there when they lost that regional uh at east carolina for crying <laughs> out loud i mean he's been there a long time
1: so. yeah and and you know and, and pancake and grinder those guys played as freshmen heavily you know i mean so the and dansler of course was there i mean it's just like uh, there's and on and on. There's a bunch of guys who are kind of uh, complementary players, and and so they still have they still have that South Carolina hit factor. Don't 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 ever sleep on these guys.
0: I think I'm with you on that. I don't know. As I look at that lineup, I still you know LB Dantzler is an outstanding senior and is having a great year, but he's a two he's in his second year. I don't I don't know who Christian Walker is for them. Who is that guy it's, who's always going to come through with that hit? But you know what? I just think it's, I think it's Dantzler. You think is Danceler?
1: I mean, I, I'm not saying he's as good as Christian Walker, but he's there this year's there's this year's Christian Walker. You know, I mean, if he's if he's he slot right into that role, I'm afraid he's this year's Jaron.
0: I'm afraid he's this year's Peters or uh, who was the guy, the uh, Phil Disher. I know, Phil
1: Disher. Yeah, that's that's who he's that's who's kind of left. Like. Okay, I <laughs>
0: think <laughs> he's a little better than those guys, but yeah. it's harder to do it right now. But uh, oh. man. Phil Disher hit
1: a lot of home runs in South. Carolina.
0: He did. He absolutely did. Uh, it's the baseball America podcast with John and Aaron, Aaron. We brought Florida back into the rankings this weekend. Talk about the sec. We have four pretty mediocre sec teams in terms of their records in the back of the poll, Florida, Mississippi state, Kentucky, and Ole miss. Uh, are any of those four teams, Omaha threats, you still banking on the bulldogs?
1: I, I think out of those four teams, Mississippi, Mississippi State is still the one that I probably like the most. Um, with Ole Miss next, uh, I still I still think that you know if, if Wall and Myers do their thing, you know and the way that Ole Miss is can defend. I think I think they're really athletic. I still like that team. I know you're not as high on on, on Ole Miss as I am. I guess that's I think that's pretty much been the same way for the last eight years. <laughs> I'm usually higher on Ole Miss than you. I think that's uh, probably true. But you know they haven't been to Omaha in that stretch, so I guess you're right, um, but uh, but they have been good. I mean, you know, they've been to regional and supers, of course, and anyway, I, mean, I like their team, um, and Mississippi State, you know, I mean, they lost to Vanderbilt. I mean, Vanderbilt's elite. Yeah, they got swept. We thought we, we thought they'd go in there and probably win one out of three, and, and they got swept, but, uh, um, you know, I, I still think they're a pretty good. Team. I think those two teams have Omaha caliber ability and depth. I still don't – I don't think Florida does – I mean, even now, you know, Florida's kind of having those troubles on Sundays. I mean, the last couple of weeks they they've been winning, uh, but you know they're playing Missouri and Tennessee, and they can't close out the sweeps. Those are series that they you know ought to be able to sweep if they're you know a really good team. I know Tennessee's got their best arm going on Sunday, it's odd. Um, but it's very odd. yeah, <laughs> it is odd, uh, um, you know, and it, but. I don't know. I, I I'm still not in love with Florida's pitching. I mean they're they're scrappy, they're well coached. They're everything that I thought they would be early in the year when, when you know, when I when I kinda of predicted that they would write the ship. I mean I, I don't think they're you know, world beaters. Um, but the coaching staff has done a really good job and some of those players have turned it around and um they're just I just don't think they're they're not an Omaha team
0: now. I agree and I think that there's something going on there where I'm just I'm I'm still disappointed in their offense. I thought they, they would uh, even in yeah. this stretch, you know, uh, last two games of the Missouri series, they scored six runs. You know, they scored twelve runs all weekend against Tennessee. Tennessee really is not a a team that pitches great. Even in the series sweep of South Carolina, they you know two tight games. They basically went with the bullpen. It's just not an explosive offense, and I, I think that uh, their margin for error is too slim. For them to get to Omaha for a fourth straight season, I, I agree with you there, and I agree with you. I would, I would go Mississippi State. I would probably rank Florida fourth out of those four teams in terms of their ability to get Me to the College too. Series. You would, you would as well.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, I just think they're they're in the top 25 now because they're hey, they're nine and eight against the top 25, and they've right. you know they've played a really good schedule, um, and and they've. They've managed to get back and, and, you know, they're three games above 500 in the SEC. I mean, they're in pretty good shape here. I mean, they, they put together a nice resume, but I still don't I still don't love their team.
0: Yeah, they've won four of their last five series. The only one they lost was at Mississippi State. Uh, none of those are uh, sweeps except for South Carolina. You know, I felt like they, we had to rank them just there, from a strength of schedule and from a team that's getting better standpoint. I felt we had to rank those guys. Speaking of teams that are getting better, Aaron, let's talk about a couple of them. Uh, that did move up our rankings quite a bit that we don't talk a lot about on the podcast, New Mexico and Clemson, um, New Mexico, yeah. I think hashtag personal cheeseball has to apply here for the Lobos. Um, but this was another team that got off to a slow start, but Aaron fit cautioned, don't hop off the Lobo bandwagon. And, uh, they have been uh, tremendous once they got into mountain West conference play. They're 17 and four in the league. Uh, Aaron, uh, what has gone right for New Mexico? It seems they always are offensive. Uh, how offensive are they, and how much better has their pitching gotten uh, to get them on this stretch?
1: Well, they're extremely offensive. You know that part; they have lived up to their billing. Um, you know, with with DJ Peterson and. Um, obviously Mitch Garver and Josh Belendez and up and down the lineup. Now they've got, they've got depth, but those guys in the middle scare you and they've got depth and it's just a, it's an elite offensive team, which is what we thought it would be. Uh, but the key has been on the mound, you know, they've, they've finally gotten Sam Wolf, um, figured out here i mean he's he's really gotten into a little bit of a groove now last several weeks um and uh, through through six and a third shutout innings last week against nevada comes back with uh what six was a six shutout this week i mean it was it was you know so he's 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 on a roll that guy's got fantastic arm strength you know i think we've talked about him before but you know former kid from the dakotas who started off down at san diego and um you know wound up uh here in New Mexico and, and he's a senior and he's, he's, he'll run, he can run up there 97, 98 miles an hour. But, um, you know, Dan Spencer, the pitching coach there has gotten him to kind of learn how to pitch. I mean, really he's thrown strikes. He's toned the fastball down a little bit and he's commanding it. And, um, that's been huge for them on Saturdays. And of course, um, you know, on Fridays they've got, uh, uh drew, uh, Bridges has, has been has been the guy. I mean, this is a converted guy, kind of you know, a little out of nowhere now to lead your rotation, right. really settle things down for them. I mean, this is uh, you know, Ray Birmingham just gushes about the job Dan Spencer has done with his arms. When you talk to him, he just all he wants to talk about is how great Dan Spencer is. He says the best you know, best recruit, recruit I ever did. You know, all this other <laughs> stuff. I mean, he, he he It's it's interesting. Some of these head coaches, um, that uh, former head coaches that that. Um, you know, got pushed out and now are, are working as assistant coaches have done a great job this year. I mean, you talk about Frank Anderson also over at yep. um, Houston. That's a great you know, I mean, it's, 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 there's some really good coaches out here that, that haven't, you know, that aren't head coaches that, I don't know, there, there's, there's a lot of good coaches in college baseball, Johnny, and, and I just want to give them their due.
0: I think that's fair, but Dan Spencer has done a great job there. And I just feel like New Mexico, you know, you know, that you're having, you're on a run, when uh, you know you, po- I, you, when you when you set out the the question uh, the the top 25 tracker, and I, you know, I knew it was gonna end up moving New Mexico up. But when you talk about you know, you're losing 13 to seven in a Sunday game, and then you look back at that that was a four to one game going into the seventh inning, and it was a five to five yeah. game after seven. So it wasn't the typical crazy Sunday game, but then both teams' pitching staffs were like, forget it, this is yeah. taking too long. You know, everyone gave it up. Um, but, but those are the kind of games that, you know, Ray Birmingham's team seem to win more often than not. He, uh, he does yeah. not have his teams don't have a lot of give in them and, uh, they have a lot of get, you know, and, uh, that, that's a, that's a really good team, uh, that I think is finally living up to, you know, having to deal with really high expectations. I know that Ray Birmingham probably puts very high expectations on them every year, but that doesn't mean that every team is the same and being able to live up to it. And, uh, Took them a while to find their stride. But their last loss was at Arkansas. I mean, right. midweek at Arkansas. They, that's a long time and, ago.
1: And they split that midweek right. series out there. So, right. yeah. I mean, you're right. They're they're they're. I think they're dangerous. You know, and and uh, I agree with you about the um the resoluteness. <laughs> that's not a word. The resolve. Um, resolve. The resolve that that they have. Um, you know, they they. You think back to some of the runs they've made in you know conference tournaments. I mean, they've started out. They've had some. I think twice they've started out really, really poorly um, in, in, the, in the early part of the season and, and, and bounce back. And one year they get into regionals with just a miserable overall record because you know, they, 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 they kind of get, you know, they get that confidence going into the conference tournament and they just roll right through and they find, you know, they, they really are they uh, are they're mentally tough, I think. And I think Coach Birmingham does a good job getting those guys ready.
0: Aaron, Clemson is the other team that I just really don't know what to make of. But I do think the number one feature of this team is resolve. Coming off a week where they lost you – know, where they where they scored, what, two runs last weekend at Miami? Um, but some real resolve right. this weekend. They come back and they win this series against Georgia Tech. I don't think we want – I don't think we really think Clemson is the 18th best team in the country. Mm. But I do think you have to give this team some – they've lost three series this year four uh, – four series – uh, South Carolina, at North Carolina, home against Virginia, and then at the U. Um, and they won a series at NC State. Um, this is, does not seem like vintage Clemson, and and yet in a way it does. Just from the toughness standpoint, I I feel like if Jack Leggett wanted to have one thing on his uh tombstone, I think Jack Leggett number one would would want a national championship on there, and he hasn't gotten that yet, and I think he. You know, he was going to keep on going until he can try to get that one. Um, but number two, I think he would want it that he wasn't outworked. That he was not out-toughed. And this Clemson mm-hmm. team, uh, if there's one thing they have more than Georgia Tech, it's toughness. I don't think that's I don't think that's going out on a limb to say that.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. No doubt about it. I mean, this 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 Georgia Tech meltdown has been stunning. It is. It me. is.
0: It is stunning. That's a maybe. That's the way to talk about this. Is W T F with Georgia tech, but I mean like, but, but they're clearly don't have the fortitude that this Clemson team does. Clemson's playing above its talent level. I feel this year and Georgia tech is playing below its.
1: I think so. I mean, you know, you you look at Georgia tech's offense on paper and it doesn't make any sense that they're not scoring more runs than they are. I mean, they scored 14 runs on the the final game of this series this weekend. Where's that been? I mean, they they haven't been scoring runs at, you know, it's Kyle Wren, it's Brandon Thomas, Daniel Palka, you know, Zane Evans, Sam Dove, Matt Gonzalez, AJ Murray, Mont Hyde. I mean, all the way down the lineup, you got legit players here. I mean, it doesn't make after, any sense. You got name <laughs> after
0: name after name. Oh, you, you, you're you supposed to have uh, power. Uh, you, need, you need veteran guys in this year. Thomas is a senior. And I know he lost some strength with the mono, so that I think his mono really affected them. But other teams have had issues to deal with, and he's back now. Kyle Wren, he's a draft eligible sophomore from last year, he's a junior. St. Evans Jr., Paulka Jr., Matt Gonzalez is a physically mature freshman. That's his whole shtick. Uh Sam Dubb yep. senior. I mean, this team is an old team. Mott Hyde's a junior now. He's a three year starter. Yep. I mean, th- there's just no excuses for this team. Even AJ Murray, his one deal is that he's a big dude. I mean, physical. It's a it is a meltdown of epic proportions. And they have a senior ace on Fridays. I just, I don't get it. Uh, I just felt they had to just get out-toughed by Clemson this weekend. And Clemson, I'll tell you, for next year, this is going to be a pretty interesting team. with When they return, Crownover, Gossett and Schmidt on the weekend next year. Yeah. Get Crownover a year back, uh, a year further away from Tommy John surgery. Uh, Clemson next year could be pretty dangerous.
1: Oh, I completely agree. Especially, you know, I, I really like the the core of position guys that they have with you know, Garrett Bulware, uh behind the plate, and then yeah. Tyler Krieger, shortstop. We're talking up the middle talents here. Um, you know, it's it's, and then Duggar, of course, in the outfield. I mean, I just think it's 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 a good group of, of, of players to build around here. I, th- I think you're right. I think they're going to be really good this year, uh, next year. This year, I, I I also agree with you. They're probably playing above their talent level a little bit, but I mean, they're what are they? Fifteen and nine in the ACC yeah, now, I, mean, I, and I don't think either of us. Yeah, I don't think either of us saw that coming. No. Um, you know, and 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 I still think you look at their resume, and it's you know, I mean, they've done a good job against the teams that they need. You know, they need to sweep. I mean, that's that's important, being able to sweep the teams that you need to sweep. Wake Forest and Boston College. You know, unlike Miami, <laughs> losing a series. Series at Boston College. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about them later, but uh, in, in the Google Google Plus Hangout. Right. But, you know, Clemson has taken care of business against those kind of teams, and now they, they've got a, a nice quality series win to go with it here against Georgia Tech.
0: I just think Clemson, we're going to talk in the, in the Hangout about Miami and Texas. I think Clemson, Jack Leggett is a great sign for Jim Morris and uh, Augie Garrido He's aging a little bit more gracefully than those guys. I, I don't th- I mean I, I shouldn't say it that way because Augie won a national title a few years ago. He won two at Texas. Um you know, they were just in the finals in two thousand nine. Um and I think also Augie's like twenty years older than Jack Leggett. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um because Jack got started very young as the head coach at Western Carolina. But uh but it's crazy uh to see how uh, how how Clemson Clemson, if there's any team that should be more down, it's Clemson. Clemson's uh, recruiting base used to be the Atlanta area, nor- the Carolinas and the Atlanta area, and then the Northeast. And in the Carolinas, they've had to see the rise of South Carolina, their most hated rival, but they have been eclipsed. It started in 2002. I've told that story too many times. I won't tell it again. But it started in 2. It's been downhill for them versus the Gamecocks since then. There have been some peaks for Clemson, but it's been mostly Death Valleys. Pun intended. Yeah. Um, hey. And then North Carolina got good. North Carolina went from uh, being Clemson's uh, – being the team that always lost out on recruits. Not always, but lost out on recruits to Clemson. You know, if you were a kid from Charlotte, all the Richie Schafer's used to go to Clemson. Now more of them go to, to right. Chapel Hill. And Carolina – North Carolina and South Carolina, both schools that want to call themselves Carolina, have eclipsed Clemson. And then you lose two great assistants in Sully and Corbs. And one of them – in. Tim Corbin goes to Vanderbilt and basically takes all the guys that used to go to Clemson, and now they go to Vanderbilt. All the Northeast guys, who used to go to Clemson, go to Vanderbilt. I'm not all of them, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So they, right. so Jack has had it the toughest, in my mind, of those other big programs. And I know that Clemson's not on a level of Texas or Miami, and they're not. And Jack doesn't have the resume of Jim Morris or Augie, but man, he's had significant obstacles to overcome from almost breaking his neck to uh, losing his top assistants to these programs that have really uh, infringed upon his old recruiting bases. And I really respect the fact uh, that they are as competitive as they are this year and as tough as they are. I, re- I really respect that. So um, to me, them being 30 and 14 is a pretty big surprise, Fitzy. And I, I, you know, I, I think they're they're very dangerous for next year with that young rotation. Anything add? All right, good. Uh, last but not least, Aaron, back of the top 25, it's been a cluster all year. The back of the top 25, a lot of mediocrity, especially this week. Probably could have cut things off at 18 or 19 and been happy. Um, but tell tell people a little bit, uh, one minute answer on why South Alabama is ranked and why Virginia Tech is back in the rankings.
1: Yeah, it was it was very difficult, and you know we looked at both of those Atlantic Sun team uh, teams. You know Mercer and North Florida, and just had a hard time separating them. Uh, eventually wound up at South Alabama because I, we like the the Sun Belt Conference this year. You know, I think it's uh, it could be a three. Heck, it could be a four bid league. I mean, if everything breaks a certain way. I mean, that that's a very competitive league, and South Alabama leads it by two games. Um, you know, they're they're robust in the RPI. I mean, they're number I think they're number fourteen in the RPI, and, and you know, it's it's one of those things where you look at their uh, the teams that they've played, and and you know, I mean, it's uh it's not <laughs> I'm not blown away by their resume I mean they're four and seven against the top fifty you know there's they're they're ten and ten against the top 100. And, yeah, you know i mean it's it's okay they did win a series against North Florida though, which is the team that we were looking at and um you know and they've been consistent. they won a nice row series at Troy. those are kind of the two series that they hang their hats on. They had the one bad weekend at Florida Atlantic where they were swept, but those were, those were three close games um you know, and teams have bad weekends and I mean there's other teams in our rankings who've been swept so right. Uh, that's why South Alabama's in. I think their, their resume is pretty solid. And then uh, Virginia Tech, you know, it's kind of a contrast here because with, in their case, they've played a much better schedule, of course. They're in the ACC, and, uh, and they've got quality wins. I mean, they're 10 and 14 against top 50, uh, 17 and 16 against top 100, just to compare it for you that way. Series wins against... Virginia and Florida State I mean that's that's what the resume is built around is those two weekends but um, yeah they were swept you know by UNC and NC State and they lost series to Georgia Tech and Miami but there's All other right. teams that have lost four series you know I right. and they're in the rankings so um, overall I think they played a t- tough schedule and they've showed the ability to beat elite teams that really not a lot of other teams have so I, I think that, they deserve to be in here
0: that's the way to, that's exactly the thing to put to me Aaron is that um, you know Mississippi State's lost five series you know, I mean, uh, showing the ability at, at its best, Virginia Tech has been quite good. I am worried, and that's the reason they're 25. I'm worried about the fact they got swept twice by the fact that they've mm-hmm. shown that at their best, they could be good teams. Um, it's an erratic club. There's no doubt about it. There's been a little bit erratic this year. But uh, to me, it's a, it's a regional club, and I, I, I like the highs on their uh, resume a little bit more than I like the highs on some of the other teams that we were debating at the back of the rankings. and. Yeah, the lows. Uh, if your if, if your lows are that you got uh, that you got swept by two top six teams, uh, those are lows. You <laughs> know, those are acceptable lows. Right. Two top five teams in North Carolina and NC State. So, got to wrap up the yep. podcast. Ran a little long on the podcast, but uh, Aaron, thanks for sticking with me through it. As always, I'll talk to you on the Google Plus Hangout. We do that every Monday at twelve thirty Eastern time, and uh, we want to remind everyone also that these podcasts this year are brought to you by Project Lomo. That's launching this week with Logan Morrison heading to Miami High and uh, in, down in, my, in South Florida on Wednesday. And you can make sure to uh, check that out at projectlomo.mlblogs.com. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.